Alrighty, welcome back to Eagle's Nest 2 Studios. Fox Treading in a Foxhole. Season 5, episode 13, number 141 overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here for another weekly dive into what's happening in the world of sports. Always, we thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com and the folks at Nexler for providing wonderful tunes using the podcast. Shout out to Road and Zoom for providing wonderful tools for content creation for podcasters and videographers and all that other stuff around the world like myself. Want to be on the podcast? Sponsor? Just say hey. Argue with me. Agree with me. F-T-I-N. Wait a minute. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. Having trouble getting our words out here. We're multitasking because we're watching Leipzig and Bayern as the Bundesliga resumes. So a lot going on here on a Friday. Obviously, lots of NBA, NFL playoffs coming up. So, all right, let's get to it. Let's not waste any time. The COVID Chronicles. Well, well, well. Yes, indeed. Prodding along in year three of this thing that just doesn't really go away. Watching all kinds of interesting stuff on the news today. As far as the variant we talked about last week. And that even if you're quadruple vaxxed, it still may not be enough to prevent you from coming down with it. So as always, as we highlight on the show, stay vigilant, be careful. You know, we're past, a lot of us are past being, you know, overcautious as far as masking goes and all that sort of thing. But, you know, it's something to keep in mind. And as we saw this past week over in COVID land, there's the sports world, there are things to really contemplate when it comes to being vigilant. How about Northwestern Iowa, which was scheduled two days ago? That was postponed. After a COVID-19 outbreak hits the Northwestern program, and I'm not sure how many numbers as far as, I know that there are coaches and players affected, but people tend not to be transparent about this as we keep hammering home every week. But nonetheless, yes, we have a game taken off the schedule. Not sure when they're going to reschedule it, but the fact that we're in, you know, the second, third week of January, it's very eye-opening with the playoffs really heating up, European soccer, MLS starting up here shortly. We'll be keeping an eye on that. In fact, we had the UConn coaches last week. This is for the men's. We talked about Gino and his ongoing issues. But the men's coaches, the head coach, and uh, the, I don't know, what do they call it, associate coach these days, they are out, and the number 15 Huskies fell to Seton Hall on Wednesday night. Now, obviously, not having the skipper to, to lead the ship, sure, but they only lost by a point. So I don't know what you would say coaching played into that, but nonetheless, it's still here, people. The flip side of it would be former ref Ken Mallow. He was on Wetlock's show, actually, you know, over there on the blast. 
fearless. He's suing the NBA over losing his job. Was NBA, at one point, the NBA, you know, rightfully so or wrong, depending on what side of the street you are, are on, had decided that if certain people, like referees, and I think Mauer has a great point about the players not being forced to, one of the referees, and so he's going to take it to court, and he's more about, he says it's not about the money. Well, if it's not about the money, you can just go on Fearless or any other anti-vax form to get the message out. So, come on, man. Let's get over this. Well, it's not about the money. And I'm sure that he and some of the other folks who've lost their job, and I just saw the other day... Uh, another group of firefighters who are trying to get their jobs back and it ain't happening. <laughs> they got the judge just to say, no, no, no. I, I, I feel your frustration. But no backs, no job. In this particular case, because of with Mr. Maurer and the NBA and the uneven application of the rules here, I, he may have a point. And he has to, if he finds the right judge, might be able to get his principles across and make a few dollars. We'll see. Another interesting thing we saw this past week in COVID land. How about West Virginia Governor Jim Justice? He tested positive for a second time for COVID. What's significant about this? Well, this came after meeting with Mountaineers coach, that's West Virginia, University of West Virginia. You know, the legendary Bob Huggins and their athletic director, Ren Baker. Now, both of these guys have been tested quite a bit, and I don't think there's a, an issue yet, but something to definitely keep an eye on. I think it's kind of interesting that he caught it after meeting those two or started having symptoms, or maybe that's just the procedure there for the governor. But now you have to wonder about, especially with Huggins and Baker, all the people there around, are they being isolated? Not a lot of details about this other than the fact that Je Governor Justice contracted the virus after meeting with these two folks from the university. He was giving them, you know, uh, an award. I forget what exactly it was for. Not just part of the scenery. But yeah, we'll see if we have any cancellations or outbreaks with any of the West Virginia programs after this thing with the governor just happened. Okay, let's look globally here. Well, the you always know, are talking about what's going on over there in China. And, you know, that the Chinese Lunar New Year is upon us. And so, with the opening of the borders, there are projections for a huge tourist boom for folks wanting to come to the country and experiencing that, or traveling domestically. Guess what? Folks aren't wanting to go to China and folks are not really enthusiastic about traveling domestically. Are we surprised? Not really. You know, given if you're just coming out of a major crisis, as China has been, you can see why folks would be reluctant to go there, and just given the lockdowns as far as domestic travel goes, you folks are probably better off chilling out, watching whatever game or whatever movie or, dra or drama they have going or comedy 
instead of putting themselves at risk. Makes sense? I think so. But the flip side of that is China actually calling out Western media for biased coverage. They feel that it has been political in nature, very slanted, misinformed. Could be true, could be false. Why do I say that? Well, when you haven't been as transparent as other countries have been, it's hard for me to sort of take their claims of being betrayed in a negative light, you know, with two, with three or four grains of salt. I, I have, I just can't. I get where they're coming from and understanding the, the spit machine that, as I do, and probably most of you do. Yeah, you haven't really been forthcoming, and so to sit back and say, well, gee, your coverage is all negative, be more transparent, and perhaps give Western journalists an opportunity to dispel some of those lies or myths. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but yeah, as always, we're keeping an eye on that situation over there seems to be stabilizing whatever that means you know when you talk about the numbers in that country and then the lack of credible information over here i think it's kind of interesting what about the the washington medical board calling out an idaho doctor for making false claims during the pandemic and administering questionable treatments during the pandemic so I'm guessing this is a doctor that's in Moscow on the border. Because otherwise, what would a, what would the Washington Medical Board be doing? You know, calling out somebody in Boise or Coeur d'Alene or something like that. I think it's interesting. Is this guy, this doctor, apparently not only putting out a lot of false statements, prescribing treatments that were not approved, and you know, kind of reckless and putting people at risk. Not good. If it wasn't such a serious subject, you'd be up for some serious TMCA time, I can tell you that. Um, okay. And you have the courts in North Carolina. You know, going back to my earlier point, you know, with Ken Maurer. Well, the courts sided with the, the University of North Carolina unit system. That's like there were 17 schools in that campus, you know, obviously. Chapel Hill being the one we, we know about, but there's Greensboro, Charlotte, and on and on. High Point. Anyways, we had some students that sought tuition refunds and housing refunds when in-person instruction was curtailed during the pandemic, if not completely, you know, banned. I don't want to say banned, but post, I mean, interrupted would be the more optimal word for that. And so the students trying to get some financial relief. And the courts said no, that the schools have an exception that was kind of made clear when the rules were being made. Got to give the kids, you know, a few points for having some moxie for trying to get a few dollars back. You know, after all, it's, you know, there's some good institutions there and you know they aren't cheap in this day and age of higher education. Wow. All right, folks. 
that's what we'll take away with for now as far as the COVID Chronicles. We'll come back with a high view above campus on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trotting in a Foxhole, episode 141, 0513, for those keeping the score. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here. Wonderful. No, not really that wonderful. It's actually kind of gray. It's pretty damn cold. <laughs> 37 degrees. Barely you're going to make it out of the 40s today. And that fog just hanging low, especially up here in the nest. Anyhow... We're going to, like, get our, to our Uber, cruise out to Eugene Airport, do the TSA dance, grab an adult beverage or two, because they definitely need it this afternoon, board our Gulfstream 650, and take a high view above campus. Unfortunately, we have to start with a kind of a somber note. A terrible story when it comes down to it. The whole thing, you know, with... Georgia, obviously winning the national championship last week. You know, a lot of good feelings down in Athens. And, uh, you know, they went out and had the big parade and the celebration and all that stuff. And it was a bad accident afterwards that had offensive linemen Devin Willick and staffer Chandler LaCroy passing away as a result of their injuries. And there were two other... Players, I think, that were that sustained injuries as well, but not life life threatening, and it was really bad story. I don't, you know, care to get into all the details as far as speed and all that kind of stuff that may have played into it. That's 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 irrelevant. It just really stinks that what should be a time for joy, the Bulldogs wrapping up their second consecutive national championship, and just the good feeling in Athens. All of a sudden, just having, you know, this really gray, dark cloud that just all of a sudden arrived with this accident. Um, our condolences go out to the Bulldog family. Obviously, Devin and Chandler's family and friends and stuff like that. It's just a horrific story. And, you know, we hate to hear about these type of things, you know, just especially in a time of celebration. Okay, let's move on to what's happening high above campus as we are chilling in our Gulfstream 550. So as far as the basketball polls are concerned, things remain the same. Houston and South Carolina are chilling in the penthouse again this week. South Carolina has been chilling for a while. You know, the whole dance with Purdue, Houston, you know, doing the flip-flopping. But Houston's held on for another week and at least they can smile. Can't say that much about the ranked teams. Like Saturday, there was 11 ranked teams that lost. I mean, isn't that like a record, I believe? Among those, Oregon stunning number nine, Arizona. Number two, Kansas State falling to number 14, Iowa State. And then last night at the Kennel, yeah. LMU stuns number six, Gonzaga. And mind you, the Sags had a 75-game 
home winning streak at the Kennel, which I didn't even realize it was that long. I mean, 75 games. You know, you figure, what, you play 15 to 16 home games a year in a 34, 35-game season, depending. We'll just call it anywhere from 12 to 15. So you're talking, good grief, five, six years of not losing at home? And on the, other, the flip side of that would be LMU, right? When was the last time we thought about LMU? Besides you know, Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball, or what's that guy that played after there who I remember when I was at CISA and was just a real jerk, and we actually beat them. Point being is, the last time we thought about Loyola Marymount was in the early 90s. Can't even think where they even appeared on the radar, but what a huge win for that program. Uh, things that we should be keeping an eye on in this fantastic week. Now that college football is kind of easing into the background, even though it's really 365, 24-7 when you think about it. But at 8-0 in conference play as they won again last night, are we sleeping on UCLA? 17-2 and two have shown some pedigree as far as being able to make a run in recent years. I think we are kind of sleeping on them. But you can make the argument that with the hype associated with college football on and off the field, hard for basketball really to get some headway, at least until now. Maybe that's okay because there are, you know, a lot of jump fluff games that happen in the November, December, into almost early January. But it's kind of interesting that the Bruins have been really balling and nobody's really talking about it. You know, maybe Bill Walton. But at this point, Bill Walton is so spun. Does anybody listen to anything that comes out of his mouth other than the Grateful Dead references? Okay. Let's have a little fun here for a second. How about Auburn and Texas banning TikTok from being used on any university systems or any university-owned devices? Well, I was starting there thinking, if, especially for those student-athletes, as I guess you can still call it that, who have really made some great strides monetarily on that platform, that's kind of a kick in the knee. And it seems like other institutions will be following this lead in the ongoing battles between the purveyors of that platform and state and federal governments over security concerns. Sure, the Cavender twins and Miss Dunn they were going to those schools wouldn't be happy and they'd have to get, get they have to get Greta in there to help fight for them. <laughs> Ooh, that was bad. Okay. So let's see. Let's let, let's talk a little gridiron, because even though football has packed its gear away, the storylines definitely aren't going away. We'll start with Mr. Harbaugh. After his flirtation with the no fun league, as we've been saying all along. He'll test the waters to see if he can get full control. But as we know in this day and age, especially with an egomaniac like him, few owners and GMs are going to seize him all that power. So, of course, he's staying in Ann Arbor until a, a, somebody in the NFL will give him the power that he wants. 
you know, it's always nice to be pursued and have the conversation because you never know what might change. But there's another twist to this whole thing. We brought it up last week, I believe, the whole thing with the NCAA and the, the, the infractions. And this, to me, is going to be another one of those seminal, seminal moments for institutions in the NCAA. Why do I say that? Well, one, Harbaugh says he didn't lie to investigators. But it's a matter of, gee, can the NCAA do anything here? There's so much nutty stuff going on here. And I have to wonder you know, how hard Harbaugh fights. And I'm pretty sure Harbaugh will win. But if he does win, it will pretty much signal that the NCAA is as useless as we think it is. We're definitely keeping an eye on that as time moves on. And obviously, you know, the kid from University of Florida who, who now is opted out, I'll talk a little bit more about this in the closer look, after the whole $13 million NIL deal collapses, Jaden Rashada, yeah, what a mess there. We'll cover that in a little bit, though. We'll go a little bit deeper later. But this, you know, if you're talking about offering somebody a $13 million deal and then not coming through, geez. Speaking of somebody, even though he continues to deny, his wasn't quite that big, but we know Mr. Addison, who we've talked about quite a bit, Pittsburgh to USC, he is going to go into the NFL draft. Mr. Stroud Ohio State is doing the same thing. Basically like saying, hey, you know what? I'm live up on Sunday. NIL money has been good, but I want some of those real dollars like those, like those men are getting on Sundays. Makes sense? Yeah. <laughs> so, be interesting to see, especially Mr. Stroud. I have no problems, or I should say problems, but I'm... Pretty confident Mr. Addison's going to find a pretty good role on Sunday. With Stroud, I'm not so sure yet. But then again, it's always a flip when it comes to, a flip of a coin, I should say, when it comes to the Ohio State quarterbacks. You know, you, on the one hand, you have, you know, Mr. Fields, but then you have Dwayne Haskins on the other side of the coin. So that's why I'm not so sure him coming out, but I, I get it basically done what he needed to do to get on people's radars in, in, in this quarterback year, I mean, the quarterback light year with uh, our man at Alabama and this guy pretty much being the, the, the pick of the litter. Makes sense for him to come out. Did you find it interesting that 13 commits have left Colorado since Prime arrived in Boulder? You know, Prime, he's everywhere. And he's definitely laying down the law as the new sheriff riding in the town shit. Like it or loathe it, he's doing his thing. And anybody who is critical of him, he's just laughing. Because what did he just do? He just poached a five-star recruit from Miami. Basically tell him Miami, I mean Mario Cristobal. You are, you guys hate the you, you're the poo, and I can come in here with my clout, not even coaching, 
at the D1 level and be yanking your players. Okay. I'll leave you with this one. With 25 scholarship players leaving in one off season, this 25 scholarship players, mind you, who probably had NIL deals and all kinds of money flowing there at Texas A&M, one has to wonder how does Jimbo Fisher still have a job? When I posed that question to a friend of mine who's a little bit more knowledgeable on what goes on with the schools in Texas, he said it's simple. His buyout is so insane, they're going to have to wait a while before they can make a move. So basically, if they stick on the field, deal with it. But we have to feel Mr. Fisher is just not going to, is going to have to produce something or this life in College Station is going to be pretty uncomfortable, you'd have to think. I mean, 25 players, that's scholarship players, no less, walking away from the program. You know, that's quite a, a dip in talent. It's, you know, luckily, with other folks, even though I think the window is now closed, I believe, but there'll be opportunities to woo other folks as long as the collectives can come up with the necessary dollars to attract talent. But yeah, it's a very uncomfortable situation, we'd have to say, in College Station. Okay, folks, we are blazing through this. Oh, wait a minute. We're not quite done yet. See, look at me. I'm just jumping ahead of myself. There are a couple of things, a couple more things I did want to say before we go to a break. You know, speaking of you know, paying coaches, NIL taking bigger chunks out of operating expenses, once again, I have to ask, when I look at University of Connecticut, which is now reporting a deficit for the 2022 year of $53 million. And, okay, UConn is a basketball powerhouse. They just exist in football. So I got to ask, again, how the hell is this sustainable? You know, if you're going to take these kind of losses over a four or five year window, isn't something else going to suffer as far as digging into monies reserved for like legitimate academic concerns in order to keep the athletic department afloat? I mean, basketball does well for them, but we know basketball is drops in the bucket compared to what a real good football program can bring in. Anyhow, we'll be keeping a look on that too. And I'm sure when we have all the information we need, we'll have, we'll have a real hardcore closer look segment on the sustainability and the schools who are really starting to rack up some major deficits as we move deeper into the NIL transfer portal and the money that's going to take to remain viable. Okay, now we'll leave you with this. Well, I was kind of looking around to see what the early projections would be as far as baseball and softball, and I saw the, one of the early polls. You know, obviously, we're not playing hardcore games yet, but right now, we have LSU baseball, and obviously, the juggernaut that's Oklahoma, the number one preseason in baseball and softball over in lacrosse, Maryland's gearing up to defend its title, as is UNC, so on the ladies' side. So that's what's going on high above campus. We'll be back with something interesting on the other side. 
Okay, welcome back to Fox Strike in the Foxhole. <laughs> Episode 141 overall. Excuse me. Hey, numbers are starting to pick up as far as listenership goes. I'm glad people are telling some of their friends. Continue to do that. Continue to listen. Thanks for bearing with me as we try to continue this adventure in the foxhole. Really appreciate that. We're going to continue to rock and roll every week as we have been now. Almost, you know, two and a half years. I guess it is really two and a half years. Looking forward to continuing this in the future. Right on, folks. Really appreciate the support. Okay, let's get to one of our favorite segments. As you know, something you should probably know or things that happened in the world of sports this past week you might want to know about. Well, let's see. Where shall we start? Let's start with the UFC, shall we? As we've been talking about all of the scandalous stuff that's been going on there, whether it's Dana slapping his wife, gambling. Well, as far as the gambling thing is concerned, the UFC announced this week they are going to tighten gambling restrictions and hire an integrity firm. Damage control or solving a potential nightmare? Well, I guess both can be true. You definitely do not want to give the appearance that there is improprieties going on with folks not being on the level because they're in somebody's pocket. I get that part of it. I'm not sure, once again, you know, people are, can only, are only being so transparent. You know, as far as actual fixing is concerned, or more just while you're competing, you don't need to be associated. But we know with UFC and some of the associations that have been uncovered, or at least that, that we know about, yeah, it's not even the fine line. You need to come in there and nip that in the bud, it, especially with all of the money being spent now that sports gambling is legal in many places <laughs> in the 50 states and offshore and all that sort of thing, you don't want those kind of scandals hovering above, right? Not that complicated. One can only hope now that UFC 283 will be happening tomorrow and there's a major event that maybe it will dampen some of the static that's been coming up. Speaking of Mr. Dana White, Power Slap debuted, and I'm kind of pissed I didn't watch it because obviously you know, the Bill Stefan Diggs was providing video commentary on Twitter, and many people think he should be a commentator. You've got doctors and neurologists <clears throat> coming out saying, <laughs> you know, this is this is even worse than the NFL and its concussion problem, and that the this is another form of barbaric behavior or entertainment that needs to be outlawed. Well, I didn't want to be that harsh, but seeing people get their string knocked loose, you gotta wonder. <sighs> oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to watching it. 
How about that? Problem is, try looking for it on demand and trying to find potential reruns and not, not seeing it. So I may have to wait till next week or maybe download the, the TBS app or something. But it's like, come on, folks, let me check this stuff out, especially the uproar leading into it and then it actually happening. But something tells me, I think it's either Wednesday or Thursday. Definitely will report back to you when I can give you my take on Power Slap. And yeah, if you haven't seen the whole Stefan Diggs thing, check it out. It's pretty hilarious. Okay. What else do we have? Well, the live. Kudos to them. They sign a TV deal with the CW Network. And you say, CW Network? Isn't that where Gilmore Girls in Smallville? Who cares about that network? But it's a couple of astute talking heads set on their shows this week. The idea is they got a network. We, you can see it, and it's accessible the most, as opposed to people who don't stream or having no deal at all. The same astute heads that also pointed out the majors letting people in live play, you know, based on whatever criteria is needed to play in those events. So what this says to me is these moves mean the PGA and the live need to find a piece. Not saying anything profound here, but what I am saying is the live has ways, I mean, besides having deep pockets backing it, but in terms of moving the needle and gaining traction, the platforms are there. And that means it's probably not going to be a fledgling league. This looks more like an AFL, forcing its way in the NFL, or even prior to that, the AAFC in the 40s, which gave us the Browns and the 49ers. Yeah, interesting times. Although some folks on the live side are not really happy, you know, kind of hearkening back to what I was saying about China, how they are being betrayed in the media. And Patrick Reed, yes, that Patrick Reed, oh yeah, he is going to sue CNN for like $450 million, like you're going to get that, come on, man, with your deep pockets, stop it. And even if they're talking shit, $450 million, principal, whatever the case may be. But yes, he feels that, tired of hearing the blood money and how these people, you know, are soulless who are participating in this. You know what our opinion of the foxhole has been, you know, day one when people try to bring up sports washing or blood money. It's all entertainment. And uncovering the source of many things will lead you to some pretty odious <laughs> origins. Right? But we're not going to go too deep on that. $450 million, come on, man. Okay. So let's go quickly over to the world of video gaming when it comes to sports. You know how I always like to pump these golf things. How about EA Sports dropping its first five-minute video for its return to, to, to the PG, to PGA Tour franchise? Well, my initial impressions are, I, in spite of the 
stuck up, folks. I think the graphics look pretty cool. And some of the new improvements with the shot mechanics from little I can tell in a five-minute video. I know there's going to be 30 courses. Hopefully, it's not a bunch of microtransaction nonsense to obtain them. But it has Augusta looking glorious. I'm really excited about this. I'm not necessarily ready to go out and get a PS5. I'll probably play my PS3 and Tiger Woods 14 until my PS3 dies, which is a perfect segue into the whole thing in the Golf Plus world. They're getting ready to drop Sawgrass and TPC Scottsdale. All these people who are just throwing money this way. Yeah. It's kind of funny of, of how much this online golfing thing is really blowing up. I mean, Golf Plus, I was reading in this article, they have like 800,000 users. That's pretty impressive. And when you've got people like Rory, Tom Brady, and others who've like pitched in something like six to ten million dollars in seed money to grow and help acquire licensing, that's pretty impressive. Okay, you know I me, mean? I had to get that in there. <laughs> the kind of week it's been. All right, let's flip back to the Aussie Open. Big doings going on. Obviously, Mr. Joker getting heckled. Didn't like that. Guy was kind of being an asshole. But the big takeaway right now, as far as the first major of the tennis season is concerned, is defending champion Rafael Nadal, who's still dealing with injuries all over the place, losing in straight sets to Mackenzie McDonald. Not a surprise. I mean, I don't even know why. Other than defending his title... I don't know why he's there, considering the, you know, the pain he's been in. I mean, the guy's always in constant pain, but this is like over the top, from what I understand and have read. So I'm not too surprised. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll give him a bucket of strawberries and cream for you know giving it the try. But, <laughs> but yeah, the other takeaway. There was another takeaway that there are quite a few Americans still in play to possibly walk away with the first major of the Grand Slam. So we'll tell you more about that as the as we get deeper in the tournament. I gotta give props to the Packers. And this is for the Green Bay Packers, obviously, for donating a hundred thousand dollars for the purchase of defibrillators for local schools. Now I know I've been a little bit critical of people being over the top in wake of the Devlin Hamlin tragedy. But I like this because this is action and not pumping up on social media. Mr. Hamlin's tragedy definitely heightens the need for having these things at athletic contest. And you know, I say the Packers could have even chipped in more, given how important this is. As far as not going to blame it on the jab like other wackos might. Over the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years, we have seen high school and even you know younger athletes having cardiac issues and athletic contests. And seeing the Packers get in front of that, I think it's pretty cool. Okay. Good job, Green Bay. 
How about four-time champ Maya Moore calling it a career? Yes. You know Maya Moore, who we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, who gave up a year of her career to get her now husband, out of, who was unjustly incarcerated out of jail. She's highly decorated, college, WNBA. Kind of interesting to see another icon walk away, like Sue Bird. But she's got a higher calling, and I can appreciate that. You know, she is a true social justice warrior and one that I can get behind her actions and causes. Especially instead of, how shall I say, focusing too much on that part of her life and not the basketball part, being able to walk away from the game to devote you know, her energies to you know, the causes of righting wrongs and social justice. More power to you, Maya, and you had a hell of a career. You know, four championships, hell yeah. In fact, we might just have to, like, give you some props here if we can, like, figure out how to for being who you are. How about it? That's what I'm talking about, right? All right. Let's see here. Let's dive into the world of popular culture here real quick before we wrap this up. Because, you know, we're just talking away today. How about Stephen A. Smith drawing the ire of everyone this week? First, that ridiculous showing up in Tampa Bay, antagonizing Cowboy Nation. And then, obviously, we'll talk about this in the NFL report, but... Obviously, the Cowboys winning, and then also pissing off the Riri Hive. And it's one thing with Cowboy Nation. Everybody hates them. <laughs> but you don't go after the Riri's or the Beyonce's. When I say Riri, you know what I'm talking about? Rihanna. What did he say? She's no Beyonce. Yeah, that's... You know, you're on social media, you're dealing with that hornet's nest, not good. But I'll let you out on this one. You know, I'd be remiss if I did not, you know, pay homage to the great David Crosby. We lost Jeff Beck last week. David Crosby passes away yesterday at 81. You know, the birds... All the all the alphabets when it comes to the CSN, CSNY, great solo career, working with Grateful Dead. I mean, icon you know, when it comes to harmonies and you know beautiful songs. It's just an incredible career. Can't say enough about what his contribution to music. I think my, my man Cassius said it best. You know when you you hear the, your whole childhood. I mean, teach your children for crying out loud. You know, the, the hippie teacher playing that stuff. All, you know, anyways, our condolences go out to his family, friends, and, and, you know, everyone that he touched. All right, folks, we will be back on the other side with the NBA beat.
let's go to the hardwood and talk some NBA beat. As we are zooming past the halfway mark. Unfortunately, as we close the last segment with something somber, once again, we start off with a very somber RIP. And this goes out to the legendary Chris Ford. If you're old school, you know him. And if you're a Laker fan like I am, yeah, he used to annoy you. But former Celtics player and coach passed away at 74. You know, kind of spanned a couple of great eras. Coached the Celtics. Foot, I mean, the, that great footnote that people brought up. He hit the first three-point shot after the ABA and the NBA merged and the league adopted the three-point line. Yeah, well-respected, well-beloved. The NBA has lost another one of its pillars as far as, you know, great personalities that were like on and off the court. So our condolences go out to his family, obviously, in the Celtic Nation. For sure. That's that's rare from a Laker fan, but yeah, Chris was definitely legendary. Okay. Crazy week in the Heartwood. Let's start off with so when was the last time I, I think I released this like Sunday morning. So let's go from Sunday on. We'll start off with Mr. Embiid out dueling LeBron and LeBron having lots of excuses. I'd have to say at this point, aren't we just getting tired of your excuses? Why don't you just deliver W's? Still, what, 20, 25? I mean, he did go for 48 the next night in the Rockets, and he did have 35 in the loss of the Sixers, but you go for 48 against the Rockets, you're not going to get too many corn dogs and chili dogs for that kind of, for beating that team. Just saying. Kind of an interesting thing to see with Golden State still having issues on the road. They had a very rough loss to Chicago. And then last night, when a game I thought they had, when I had the sound down, because I was watching the Disco Biscuit stream from Buffalo. Man, they killed it last night. Just got to say. But I was watching the Celtics and the Warriors on the other screen. And they were up by 8, 10. We know that 8 to 10 point leads are not really safe in a league that nobody plays defense in. But when it comes to the champs trying to make a statement on the road, I figured they would come away with that. But instead, they kind of wilted in overtime and believe it was like an 8-0 run. How about the dubs, by the way? Taking the woke circus to the White House. Kerr and all, and all of these guys. I guess, you know, Camilla was the one being the MC for this. And everybody with their SJW <laughs> slogans and attitude. Yeah, it was quite the platform. I'm not crumbing on it. But yes, if you don't go for that type of virtue signaling, yeah, you probably skipped all of those segments covering it because it, it was quite the show. Yeah, for me, it's just like, whatever. They win, you, you win the ring, and now that Trump's not there and people are going back to the White House, do what it is that you do for winning the championship. Not that many people are really paying attention anyway. <laughs> okay, we got a little off of a tangent there, didn't we? 
The Thunder. I talked about them last week, and they're continuing the knockoff teams. Now, mind you, this was out KD, but they still beat the Nets in Brooklyn. And quietly, they were moving themselves up as far as the playing round is better than the Lakers. And you know, they have the Lakers have to play them three more times. And if I'm an LA fan, I'm shivering in my boots because this team obviously has no fear. Then you've got Dame and company. He dropped 40 to slow down a Lucas Mavericks. But he had like 39 last night when they lost to the Sixers. And I got into a really fiery argument with a, one of my more hardcore uh, acquaintances who's a Blazer fan. You know what my position has been all along. They should be doing their damnedest to stand in the Wambiaba sweepstakes. But I also acknowledge it's not fair to Dame. It's like Dame is you know, in his mid-30s. And the windows are only going to be so much, especially given some of the injuries he's had. Now, if he can pull LeBron and somehow still be viable at 37 or 38, then, yeah, you know, I, I think the tank thing is what you should be doing. Because right now, San Antonio is like, yeah, okay, we're just going to suck and we're going to pull the Tim Duncan thing. But can you imagine, you know, Wambayama and Dame and some of the pieces they have could be kind of, could be very tantalizing. <laughs> oh, stop it. What else do I have? You know, when it comes to the, the, the Mavs, and you know, they're in playoff position, but nobody really takes them seriously. And it makes you wonder, and I think especially how arrogant Mark Cuban tends to get when you press him on it. But I think he needs to find a way to get Lucas some more help. They're not going to win it constructed as is. It might make some teams sweat it out in the early rounds, but you can just see they're not next level yet. And I think it would behoove Mr. Cuban to somehow move mountains and the oceans to get that man some talent. Because when you look at the Nugs, Right, they're like 31 and 13 or something like that, I mean. And Murray and Joker, those guys are balling. I mean, I just like what they have going on in Denver a hell of a lot more than Dallas. I'm not necessarily sold that the Nuggets can win, but I have a, you know, better feeling about them. And there's always the Grizz as well. What, they went, they've won 11 in a row after edging the Cavs? Almost the evening, and they play the Lakers tonight, so you could probably make that 12 in a row. Yeah, Luca, you're going to need some help. There's some bad boys in the West. Even though the Grizz don't believe they have to worry about anybody other than Boston, we'll see about that. But 11 in a row right now says beware of those boys in Memphis. Ja, he's getting pissed. He's been, like, drug tested multiple times. I think it's seven so far, all I can say to that, Jaw, well, quit posterizing people and maybe you won't draw the suspicion of the folks in the drug testing unit. And, you know, some of these dunks that he has, every time it's just like, wow, is that one of the greatest dunks ever? 
I think people are being a prisoner of the moment when it comes to some of these dunks, but he is posterizing people like McDonald's serves French fries. You know, not, you know speaking, one more thing about the uh, Mavs, which I forgot to say a second ago. I thought it was kind of interesting, but when, they, when the Mavs lost to Atlanta on Wednesday, uh, Jason Kidd really being pissed off and just basically going to the media and saying that the game was a shooter out for the opposition. <laughs> wow. Well, I said, you know, nobody plays defense, so. <laughs> but I thought that was pretty funny. The aforementioned Lakers and LeBron losing the sack to on Wednesday night. And while the Kings are going along with the projections I said last week, as didn't I point out that I f truly believe they will be a team that does make the playoffs, and they are solidifying it. I'm going down to Staples and having Kings fans talking all kinds of trash. Well, actually, at the crypt, excuse me. Yeah, Lakers, what do I say about them? Not, not a lot. They can beat a bad team like the Rockets, but when it comes to the good teams, yeah, they come up with a, they always come up a tad short. And as legendary Laker color man Stu Lance will say, that will not get it done. Okay. So yesterday, Chicago and Detroit and Paris. Kind of a scene there. Been a bit since the NBA had been in the capital city, the city of light. Yeah, that game was, yeah, Chicago and Detroit. But my thing, watching it yesterday after the PSG thing with, with uh, Ronaldo, we'll talk about that here coming up shortly. We're always, the NBA's been really tight about expansion. We are always talking about Vegas and Seattle. But could global expansion be something the association might consider down the road? And I think, yeah. Especially if we get the supersonic flight and sort of figure out a way to stagger when teams go there or when teams are over here. I can see Paris or London or Barcelona or Madrid, any of these teams, possibly, or maybe we could, you know, create a true global league and meet in a sort of like Champions League or World Cup style tournament. I think you could create all kinds of possibilities. You know that the global audience is, is hungry to take part like our audience has been with a beautiful game life. I just think it's something that is more viable as time goes on. Not sure how soon that could be would happen, but I do feel it's a, it's inevitable in some shape or form. Okay, what else do we have as far as the association is concerned? Um. Okay, how about Clanking Ben? I haven't talked about him in a while. He got the boot last night as Brooklyn, not surprisingly continues to struggle without KD. Of course, even without KD, you'd think with Kyrie and Clicking Ben, they could beat the, st the stumbling stuns, the stumbling sons on the road. Nah, it didn't look so good. And petulant Ben, 
being petulant Ben. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll leave you with this. Cracks me up about the all-star voting here. Now, the East, not surprising with Giannis 1, KD 2. But LeBron, who gets so much grief and has a army of haters, how he's leading in the West on a shitty Laker team. Yeah, wonders never cease to amaze. Okay, folks, we'll be back with the night full of diamonds and the ice rink of life on the other side. fun okay it's that time of the week getting closer and closer to patchers and catchers reporting music to every hardcore baseball fan's ears well 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 where shall we start with our night full of diamonds yeah that's right we're feeling bob we're jerry garcia dark star crashing well, of course, it's now that time of year for MLB to impose the luxury tax on the big spenders. And to no surprise, we have the Dodgers and Mets 1 and 2. And what we also know is that the Mets definitely won't be taking the top spot when this list comes out again in 2024. The Padres are there. Given all the artillery that they've signed, not really a surprise. The Yankees trying to remain relevant as the Mets make all the noise. That's kind of expected too. Yeah, Philadelphia made a run, I, but I was surprised that they were on this list as far as being hit. You know, obviously they do have Mr. Harper and he ain't cheap. The Red Sox being on the list doesn't surprise me but that they have serious issues and they're kind of mediocre. Yeah, kind of reminds you of it like the Lakers, right? It's like, well, we're spending a lot of money, but we aren't exactly getting the results. You gotta give kudos to the Astros and the Braves, though, for not being on this list. The Astros, obviously, for being the juggernaut they are, the Braves being close to one, and they're not on this list. Talk about doing things right. Okay. Well, what do we have next? Well, let's leave it to the smart people to have already generated power rankings for the midwinter. And I thought that was kind of interesting. But hey, if your baseball and the hot stove league is now quiet, you gotta, you gotta have something to do, so you might as well come up with some projections. So what do we see from this list? Well, we see that the, the defending champs Mattress Max, boys. The Astros are one. The aforementioned Braves are two. Kind of surprised to see the Yankees at three. I guess they're feeling really high that Mr. Judge has decided to stay. Although Mr. Chapman has bolted, even though his career has fizzled out for the Royals. 
a deal that kind of went down, I think, yesterday. The Mets are four, which is kind of surprising. But, I, yeah, I have a problem with this, given the Yankees and their inability to deliver. The Mets are four. Padres at five. Okay. Dodgers are at six. Are we surprised? Not really, because the Dodgers are retooling. But were I like one and two, three, four, and five, or you show me something before you are top five in the power rankings? Speaking of the Padres, kind of interesting that they signed a 16-year-old, Mr. Salas, to a $5.6 million deal. And I say, so what? guess he is a phenomenal catching prospect, but wow. When we're starting to see deals where these 15 and 16-year-olds are making 5 and $10 million a year, can you imagine somebody coming up to you when you were 15 or 16 and saying, yo, man, you're 6 mil just for starters? You know, that kind of investment, you'd figure they would want Homie to be in the show by the time he was at least 18. Yeah. What else do I have? How about insiders projecting our man, the modern Bay Roof, Mr. Otani, is going to be MLB's first $500 million player? And you sit there and think, $500 million, you know, Mahomes got a contract. It's worth it when it comes to this guy. Especially if you consider yourself to be a perennial contender. And what folks first thought was going to be a shoo-in for the Dodgers. Dodgers are no longer in the leaderboard. I think the field is taking the lead. And there are a lot of teams, you know, I think come to mind the Padres for one, or the Mets, or even the Yankees. But somebody is probably going to write this guy a half a billion dollar check. I don't know how the years will be, but barring injury and given what this guy can do, I don't ever want to say somebody's worth half a billion, but if you're going to give it to somebody, you're definitely going to get a lot for, you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck, I guess, would be the best way to say that. So we'll be looking forward to seeing what happens when Mr. Otani gets to offer his services to the highest bidder. So are we surprised by this? So far, no one is reaching out to sign Mr. Bauer, even though he can be signed for a pittance, what, 720K? And that, the question remains. <laughs> Did he freak himself out of the league? Yeah, because he was getting this freak on, that's what got him into the trouble. <laughs> right, so we've, we've come through this ad nauseum. But you would think being a bargain and the potential reward or upside that could come from having him on the roster, I mean, the PR thing is a tough thing to overcome in this day and age, even though me personally, I just think that's a smokescreen because there's really no morals at all in the world of sport at this point. But... Right now, I'm not seeing anybody racing out there. And it's almost kind of like MLB is like saying, okay, man, you've, you've got somebody to cut you a <laughs> cut you some slack as far as the Lily suspension. But 
we're, we're basically colluding for no one to sign your perverted self or whatever. The case she may want to be. I'm just looking at the, per the perception from MLB's side. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he freaked himself out of the league, man. Okay, we'll move away from that. What an interesting story where do we believe him or do we not believe him? And this is John Angelos. That's right, related to the legendary Peter Angelos, who runs the O's now. He has reaffirmed to the baseball world that the O's will remain in Baltimore. And I'm going to have to take him at his word, even though there are places like Nashville, Portland, Las Vegas, San Antonio, just in Columbus, just to name a few, who would love to get their hands on the Orioles. You know, the Orioles who started out in St. Louis and moved to Baltimore after the 53 season or was it the 52 season? Part of the scenery. Point being, you know, Camden Yards, you know, get, you know, actually almost getting close to being 40 years old or 35, whatever the case may be. I just can't see that happening. Um, they've had some lean years. They were obviously... Had it turn around last year, but I think there would be something severely wrong if you let the Orioles leave. And I'm glad that Mr. Angelos right now is just like, no, we'll figure this out. We're about to turn things around here. And I do believe if they put a winning product on the field, a lot of things will go away. A lot as far as yeah, th this this kind of talk, in the words of Livia Soprano. Yeah, look. Orioles leaving Baltimore. Jeez. Anyway, another thing I thought was interesting. Are we old or, or what? I saw a picture of the three of three of the actors that were in Major League. I think you know Corbin Benson, Tom Berenger, and Charlie Sheen. And there's an event. But the point is, that movie's like 34 years old. I was just saying to myself, dang man, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, Barringer's looking longer than tooth, but Benson and uh, Charlie, you know, they're doing all right. Okay, let's go to the ice rink of life. Hop on our Samboni real quick. Give you a little glance of what we know about what's going on on the ice. Well, of course, you've got the Flyers, Ivan Provorov, the latest to draw ire for refusing to wear a pride jersey. Where have we heard this one before? And, of course, Coach John Tortella having his back and believes he did nothing wrong. Mind you, this is the same John Tortella who threatened to bench anybody who was going to kneel and the whole Kaepernick thing. He says he's learned from that, but he also can understand that you know, Mr. Ivan, Mr. Ivan P., who's uh, Russian Orthodox, and just says, hey, this is, you know, this is his beliefs. You have to respect that. Now, not too many others felt, felt that way, but it seems like this thing has gone over a little bit better than what you saw, like with, with you know, things in the beautiful game life and also the whole flap of the rays. Um, okay, so we'll keep an eye on if there's going to be further blowback from his refusal to, you know, do the pride thing. We can pass some props on, at least, to 
Lightning captain Steven Stompkos. He picked up his 500th goal, and he finished the night with a hat trick with a 5-2 win over Vancouver. I think that is worth a little, you know, we might have to like, eh, you know, we'll save it. Okay. One thing you also want to keep an eye on as far as the NHL is concerned, Evander Kane. Yeah, that Evander Kane. The mercurial and oftentimes controversial Evander Kane returns from an injury and all of a sudden the Oilers are cooking. Heating up those standings. Definitely something to keep an eye on as we move into 2023 as far as who's going to be hot come playoff time. The key came back at the right time. We talked about last week how the Oilers kind of were... We'll we'll revisit this in another three or four weeks for sure as far as where they are. Because when it comes to the power rankings... Yeah, Boston's still up top. The Leafs have supplanted the Canes in second. The Canes are third. The Golden Knights are four. The Devils are five. So things are still, you know, kind of standing put. But the Leafs are making a run right now. Hopefully it's not too early for them because we know about their postseason fertility. hate to see you peak in January. And, of course, the Kraken, who got a big win last night, ending ending a big streak. Uh, I forget was it the Canes or somebody had a good streak? I can't remember. But anyhow, they're still hanging around in the seventh hole. As I say, that's just a wonderful story that continues to, you know, <sighs> amaze me. And I'm totally blown away that it still hasn't, other than outside of Seattle, I don't feel Kraken fever building in the Northwest. And I think that's kind of a drag. Folks, Check out this team. They're doing an incredible thing in their second year. Okay, we'll be back with a beautiful game life on the other side. Go pitch side. Unfortunately, this has been a rough, rough week, folks. Too many RIPs to be handed out, and this one's really um, like the like earlier with, with the kids in Georgia. The same story. Uh, Charlotte FC defender Anton Walks uh, killed in a tragic boating accident on Wednesday. Far too young. Uh, you know, unfortunate thing happening out in the water. Unfortunate is the season's getting ready to start. A lot of exciting stuff going on there, but yeah, it's terrible news there. Our condolences go out to his family and you know, all the folks and the royal family as they call it out there in Charlotte. Yeah, terrible, terrible. A couple of things that we'll be talking about here next week. Once I have a chance to dive and examine, they dropped the schedule for the League's Cup where MLS is going to take a month off. Not quite ready to examine what that exactly means yet, because I just happened right when I started recording this podcast. So, 
But we'll talk about that next week. Looking forward to that. You know that Memphis Depay leaves Barcelona for Atletico Madrid. Probably a good thing for both sides. And another shocker. How about the five stripes? That's right, Atlanta United. Joseph Martinez, pretty much the face of that team's early success, you know, when they kind of became, along with LAFC, the blueprint for expansion franchises getting success in the MLS. He's leaving Atlanta for my inner Miami to go hang out with Beckham. Great signing for Beckham, but this pretty much kind of closes the book on what Atlanta had built. I mean, why talk about a right a shooting star in the sky. They won all those cups, but now they're looking pretty mediocre at this point. All about sustainability, right? Yeah, let's see here. Yes, the leagues are slowly getting back on track. Let me what else can we tell you? Let's look at the EPL here real quick. You got the Gunners slapping around the Spurs and the North London Derby. Ah, Arsenal's looking really good. Even the chosen one saying, you know, there we go. They're in good hands, the Miguel. And right now, looking so solid. Spurs are being Spursy, I guess. You got United taken down. City at Old Trafford, which was eye-opening. Mr. Rashford continuing the sizzle over there. Even though Jurgen Klopp says he's not going anywhere, in spite of many national teams ringing the sea if his services are available to pry him away from Merseyside, they got blasted by Brighton Howe, 3-0. And even though he may not be going anywhere, it would be we would be remiss to say, yeah, it's kind of a mess come Merseyside. Just saying. How about, speaking of United, this was what, was it yesterday? Maybe the day before. The days are starting to run together. Crystal Palace, Lady Lowe's boys, getting a late equalizer to draw at home with, with United. Now, United's been pretty solid, but that was pretty big for Palace. And, you know, they need every point they can get to make sure they stay up. In the top flight. Over in La Liga. No, 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 no. Yeah, over in La Liga. Well, how about this? We had the Super Cup, which featured an El Clasico, and that's always eye-opening. Maybe not as big of names as we may have saw. There's still some pretty heady folks as far as Barca and Los Blancos. Real Madrid. Anyhow... Barca and its resurgence this season continued that with a pretty dominant 3-1 performance, sending, sending the, the Madristas home, shaking their heads. Big deal? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it'll be curious to see what kind of run Real Madrid has in Champions League. But it looks like, you know, they're wobbling a bit. But here's the thing. Every time you say that, they rise back from the dead more times than Dracula. So, like Tom Brady, don't quite go shoveling dirt on their corpse quite yet. But yes, a big win and a very impressive campaign for Barcelona thus far, taking the Supercopa. Over in Syria, well, over in Italy, 
How about, you know, having a Milan Derby in the Italian Super Cup and Inter just laying the wood to their co-tenants at the San Siro AC Milan, the Rossinori. Was it like 3-0 or something like that? Uh, what's really eye-opening is what went down today, and we'll talk more about it next week because I haven't had a chance to unpack and understand what's going on here. But apparently, Juventus was docked 15 points for transfer violations, doing some chicanery with the books. They're 15 points. And I told you about their fine form of late. You know, they were a solid third. Well, this is going to push them from third to tenth, and that's a hit. Because, I mean, apparently the judge had recommended maybe only a seven or eight point deduction, but they said, no, 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 no. We're going to make an example out of you and maybe send a strong message for folks who try to get cute with the accounting. We'll talk more about that next week once we know a little bit more. Over in France. Well, well, well. You may have, you may have the boys back, but they're you know, PSG is wobbling. Yeah, they go on the road, another tough opponent, and you know, right after. <laughs> let's put it this way. They're, 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 you know, they lost to a team that hadn't you know, Bustabren, who had hadn't lost at home, or they've had they've won eight or nine in a row. So it's not that shocking. But, you know, given some of the injuries, especially in the midfield, PSG looking kind of vulnerable, even with all that artillery. And with Lons, Marseille, and Lille all posting wins, PSG has a narrow four. What are they, they're up by Lons by three, and Marseille, which has just been balling up, is only trailing by five. And for a team that would like to rotate and get some of its younger players in there and rest some of the long and two superstars, eh, it's probably not going to be that way with Champions League, you know, the Coupe de France, and league. It's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough road from here, but you know, especially for these guys who played in the World Cup. Just saying. Okay. Speaking of PSG, how about the circus in Saudi yesterday? Right, was billed as Messi in CR7's last dance. Is now with Mr. Ronaldo making those fat Saudi bucks. The opportunity for these folks to lock horns may be fewer and fewer. And PSG went down a man. Didn't matter, you know, Messi had a goal, CR7 had a brace, Ney took one of the worst penalties forever you'll ever see. How about this fan, though, super fan, who paid $2.6 million for the VIP experience? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know the money went to charity, I guess, but it just kind of shows you the kind of money and the insanity that we will, what we'll do for entertainment. Yeah, I mean, it was quite the scene. I guess not if you were rooting for the All Stars, you know, because they did, PSG did win, 10 man PSG did win 5 4. And I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Juan Brunat, who got the red card. Man, that guy has an empty, empty kit. 
<laughs> but, you know, it's quite the spectacle. But, yeah, I'm still having a hard time getting over the $2.6 million for the VIP experience. If this was Messi and CR7's last dash, which I don't believe it is, mind you. Okay. It was a fun exercise on the West Coast at 8.30 in the morning, and I had it up on the TV, being sports head on all the channels. It was a spectacle, but let's not get too carried away here, yeah? Okay. Got to see the ladies. That's right, the United States National Women's Team, New Zealand. They'll be playing again tonight. It was on HBO Max, which is like... How many missteps can... The USSF make in terms of making this, making this product, men and women more accessible to the masses. Instead, going further and further away. Luckily, they also had the fortitude or the foresight to make a deal with uh, Peacock and NBC Universal or whatever it's called. You know, as far as the Spanish language, so more eyeballs will be able to feast upon when our men and women's teams play. Just thought it was kind of weird when we were watching the match with my man in DG next door. And just that you had to go to HBO Max and it's the same for the one tonight. Yeah, the pitch, you know, New Zealand, they're hosting the Women's World Cup later this year. They got some work to do because they got boat raced. And it got really ugly in the second half. <clears throat> it was like 4-0. Yeah, if I didn't have to go to a show, I'd be turning it in tonight. Okay, we'll leave you with this one. How about the big money continues to shift? So, and I know a lot of people are really cranky about this. I told you this was going to happen a while back. About Bank of California, home to the defending champion Los Angeles Football Club. They signed a deal with BMO. Yeah, that bank. You know, there's BMO Stadium or whatever it's called up in Toronto. Well, now they also have their name on what was the Bank of California Stadium. I'm still going to call the bank. Good grief, how many times did I see that? And one guy, what was his take? Well, they should have consulted the fans about who they want for a sponsor. What kind of naive world are you living in where somebody's going to consult the fans when there is somebody who wants to write a... 10-year, $100 million contract for the Damien Rice, especially for MLS, which is not even in the top three tiers of American sports. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But anyhow, the bank is now BMO, just for, you know, what it's worth. All right, man, we will be back with a closer look on the other side. Woo! Welcome back to the Foxhole. <laughs> Number 141. Season 5, episode 13. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here from Eagle's Nest 2 Studios. On a very nippy, chilly, gray, just not fun day. I'm supposed to go to a show tonight. We'll see how that goes, man. Jeez. 
Well, well, well. What shall we do now? I think it's time for a closer look. Time to opinionate, rant, rage, have a laugh, or not. Let's get with it. What shall I start with a closer look this week? Let's start with that RG me character. Yeah, RG me, or I... RG three eyes, as somebody in the DMV said a long time ago. Robert Griffin III. A once promising talent, now flourishing as a talking head. And he's done a okay job, as we pointed out last week, that over-the-top nonsense wearing the jersey backwards and some other things. But the whole thing with Lamar Jackson... And him using it as an excuse to sort of everybody feel sorry for me again. You know, cloaking it around Lamar not playing. And that he, because people made him go out and play, and that ruined his career. And it's true. He was on his way after being a rookie of the year and leading the Redskins to a division title, it looked like he was going to be a star of the future. But there's a problem here with him getting on the soapbox and talking about they, as in Mike, Kyle Shanahan, McVay, and LaFleur, and all those people that were on the staff. You know, very disingenuous there, RGB. See, let's go back in time, shall we? Let's talk about how... If you, if you all remember, Redskins got off to a very poor start. And then, to the rookie's credit, he said, hop on my back. And it may, if you're a Redskins fan, it probably was one of the more exciting runs you've seen since you know, the Gibbs 1 era. And then, former Duck Haloti Nada landed on his knee in a big game against the Ravens, which was the beginning of the end. Of course, Kirk Cousins comes in, mops up, and also beats the Browns. And what happens when it's time to play the playoff game against Seattle? After Kirk Cousins lights it up, and Kirk Cousins is still playing, RG me isn't. RG, RG me pooped his pants. <laughs> and had to be out there. Insisted on being out there. And yes, maybe the coaches could have pulled him out there. But I'm tired of him trying to put this blame on somebody else. It was his own fear of what Kirk Cousins might do. And it's true that he was a Snyder pick as opposed to what the Shanahan's wanted. And that's why the Shanahan's drafted Kirk Cousins in the fourth round. Right? You let your own fear of this guy being more successful than offense override just shutting it down and coming back in year two. You ruined your career. Don't try to tie what's going on with Lamar with you. Now, Lamar can learn what, from what happened to you, and I have a problem with that. But you trying to get on the high horse, no, 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 no. And if I saw you, I would tell you to your face, we'd probably, we'd probably hit the submit like the folks at SoFi throwing haymakers. But somebody needs to call you out on it, and I just did. Okay. Boy, this one's going to run for me a couple of minutes. So, with the whole thing that I talked about earlier with the kid from Florida, and we now that 
Mr. Oh, what is it? Rashida. Yes. He was let go or released from his obligation to Florida today. And what's so amazing, Jaden Rashad. Yes. Okay. For some reason, I'm jumping all over the place. I can't remember anything today. Well, the long and short of it here is that this is a $13 million deal, which, you know, for an incoming freshman or even somebody the transfer portal is pure insanity to begin with. That's a given. You may not agree with that. Send me an email, and maybe we'll, we'll have it out over a beer. But for me, that's just pure insanity. And it says... Many people that I've talked to, and we've brought up on this podcast from day one, it was good that this is going to be the dark side. We've already brought up like kids who, who enter the transfer portal and nobody wants them. That's popcorn kernels to people in these collectives thinking, well, sh why am I kicking in a $13 million deal? When you were six and you ended up six and seven, you got boat raced by Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. I can't blame the kid and, and the parents. Someone says, "Yo, thirteen million is thirteen million, you know, like an eight, like an eight bit out." When uh, Charlie Kaminsky's telling Eddie Seacock, "Eddie, twenty nine is not 30. If you know this, if you know the scene, you get the context. But yeah, I I I get both sides of this, and this is why somebody has to be an adult. We already talked about how people the NCAA is, and how they probably couldn't even stop somebody from stealing sugar cubes out of the office for their, for extra coffee. You know, right? That's that that's how much faith I have in their enforcement strategies. But you know, at this point, what wouldn't be shot down by the courts even if they did try to talk tough? They wanted to act tough. But it just makes you wonder, where is this all going to end? I'm glad to see a collective actually have cold feet. And maybe there is some sanity. Yeah, it's a poor look. But if, you know, Mr. Rashida is all that, he'll find a landing spot. May not be $13 million, but I guarantee you, he's going to make some good dollars. And this always goes back to what we've been saying since day one. The motivation, the security, the pressure. When you start talking about those kind of numbers, sure, it's not necessarily, you know, the Sean Watson kind of money, but... Last time I checked, and I'm not sure, is that 13 for one year or is that 13 for four years? Even still, that's still in the neighborhood. I know Brock Purdy ain't making that kind of money. I don't even think Taylor Hennigke's making that kind of money. So we're putting this kind of money up there for kids who we're not even sure if they can even be elite on the college level, let alone the next level, it's insanity. And maybe people will step away from the ledge. I don't know, but I just thought it was interesting that this all blew up 
and nobody really knows what to truly say about it. You know, the folks that think the kids that should get all the money, you know, are, are, are speaking like they have marbles in their mouths. And the folks who are adamantly against this are like, see, see, I told you this was going to happen. And I'm probably in that camp, even though I try to not be on the pulpit about it. So I don't know. Um, what we've learned now is that what we've, I shouldn't say what we have learned now, what we've known all along would be more apt. This is pure anarchy without any guardrails or adults in the room to, to like lay down the law how things should can be. This is only going to get worse. And I don't want to hear, oh, it's the kids who are the, who are the losers in this. The kids are fully aware. You know, if parents definitely are. If someone could say, yeah, you, you want my services? Pony up $13 million. This is, as we talked about earlier, like with Yukon's problems, this is not sustainable. And I don't know if anyone's going to be hungry if they're making that kind of money out of the gate. I mean, <laughs> hey, man, I've got 13, I'm sitting on 13 million. I got four or five girlfriends. I'm riding around, you know, <laughs> in my, <laughs> in my Porsche or whatever whip. You know, whatever live ride these guys are into these days. You, you get the point. Yeah. I mean, the transfer portal is already dead as it is. But once again, if you've got skills and somebody's going to offer you that kind of money, now, of course, you have to push back and say, are you going to deliver? And should there be penalties if you, for offering somebody and not delivering? I mean, in this particular case, I think it works out well because it didn't work out. You know, he was poached from Miami, if we all remember. He gets to walk away and find another deal. But this could have been a lot worse. And if we don't do something sensible, like I said, let the adults in the room and make some decisions and just put the hammer down and let's move forward. Right? Anyhow... I'm sure this won't be the last time we bring this up. Okay, we'll get you out of here with the NFL Report and TMC anytime on the other side. You know, that music means it is time to wrap things up with a little NFL report and followed by some TMCA time. Almost time for a little couch tour, so we're going to try to bang through this. Thank you for putting up with me. It's been kind of a weird day, so I don't necessarily know if I've been as sharp as I'd like to be, but it's still fun nonetheless. Always looking for feedback and ways to improve. If there are ways, if you want to come on the show or have a suggestion of somebody I should get on the show, any of those things, ftinfx at gmail.com. As I said earlier, love to hear from you. All right, let's get to some NFL report.
Okay, where shall I start? Cowboys mauling the Bucks on Monday night. Didn't get to see a good part of the second half as they went out to see Luna at the Wild Hall. What a great show. Man, if you, if you missed out on this West Coast run, too bad. They are all that as they've always been going back to the 90s. Wonderful time. But anyway, enough of that. Okay, the Cowboys get a much-needed road win in the playoffs in their jinxed blue uniforms. I forget what their abysmal record has been as far as that goes. Dak had a banner day compared to the stinker that he put up at FedEx Field the week before. I don't think this makes us feel any more confident in them, seeing that they have to go to San Francisco. More on that. The big question is, is Brady finished? 66 passes, and as we've been saying all along, sooner or later, that piano is going to land on your back. <laughs> and can he still play? Well, we'll see. Well, I do know Byron Leftwich, who turned down the Jacksonville job. Now Jacksonville's dancing in the streets there. He's out. Got to have a scapegoat for Brady not being able to move on. Brady got his way and got Mr. Bruce sent away last year because he was interfering with the game plan far too much. We get all that. Tampa Bay, obviously, was a team that, was like the Rams, was kind of poised for a quick run, maybe to get a ring, and not much more than that. Maybe a playoff appearance, and Tampa Bay's case, a couple. If, if Brady isn't done, I know people have said San Francisco, but come on. San Francisco's got three better options than that. I, um, let's see here. Somebody just sent me a Texas boy. I got distracted for a second. The Raiders, yeah, maybe, but their line is more suspect than Tampa Bay's, in my opinion. You know, right? The weapons are there. I just don't know if that situation, even with Josh McDaniels, is, is like, as they like to say in my industry, sets him up for success. You know, maybe going back to New England, but I can't see that happening either. Everybody keeps talking about Tennessee because with Henry and some of the weapons they have and what they can augment that with, I might buy that. But then again... I might, if I was Tennessee, I might want somebody a little bit more viable. The Jets. You know, anywhere it's going to be a one- or two-year rental. He showed against some of the poorer teams that he still has that magic, but when he's up against a superior team, yeah, not so much. But that can be said about many quarterbacks in the league. I mean, you know he's not going to a crappy situation. So, anyways... You know we'll be talking about that quite a bit in the weeks to come. Next up, the Chargers meltdown. You know what I've been saying about the Chargers all along. You know, I have nothing but great things to say about Mr. Herbert, but I've always had some suspicion about him as far as having money in his wallet when it really matters. And I'm not blaming him for this. This is a team collapse when you have a 27-point lead. 
back we were hanging out, kind of wrapping up Miss Sunshine's birthday festivities the next day. And you know, we went inside. I remember lying in bed when it was, you know, 27 nothing, and thinking, I hope I don't fall asleep, but something tells me this isn't over. And it wasn't. And of course, I wake up later, you know, the, the local sports cast lamenting Justin being eliminated in the Chargers as well. But you blow a 27 point lead. You know, I'm not a big fan of Staley. But he works for the Spanoses, and they are cheapskates. And as much as Sean Payton probably would help G Mr. Herbert get to the next level, they aren't going to pay for it. They'd rather pink slip a couple of people and say, okay, we're going to ride with you. Because, And the truth, the NFL is tired, unlike the colleges, of paying. Eh, the colleges are too. I shouldn't say that. But folks are getting tired of paying all of these coaches big money to play golf and run around Thailand or Hawaii or wherever it is with their IG wives or soon-to-be wives, right? <laughs> so they're keeping him. On the flip side of that, T-Law and the Love Brigade. Isn't that funny how T-Law went from a bus, like, eh, I don't know if he's ever going to live to his potential, to like looking at... First things first, they bring out the horns and calling him the prince. I I always had, you know, faith that the guy was going to deliver. And he has shown in this run over the last eight to ten games, as we've talked about many times, Dougie P, the man, Urban Meyer, not so much. And Dougie P, being able to produce a turnaround with not only T-Law, but that whole squad. And, yeah. They're still alive. I don't know how much I'm buying it, bu buying them going further, but we'll get to that. Anyhow, 27-point lead in the playoffs, and you come away with nothing. Not good, Chargers. Bills, they flirt with disaster in a narrow win over Miami. All I can see there is Josh Allen reading his press clippings a bit too much. He had a big article about it. Fireball, which I tell I've been to on, on several occasions, and I one of these days I will share a story about my one of my visits to Josh Allen's town long ago. <laughs> what a story it is, too. How about oh, my man in Miami over there vaping? But hey, with you know their unknown quarterback third stringer, they hung in there, gave Buffalo all they wanted. And I think you really have to start wondering, is Buffalo going deep in this run? Or will they be packing their bags a lot sooner than many folks who wanted to crown them were thinking? Okay. How about Danny Dimes dipping some skull into the next round? You like that, Minnesota? No, you don't. As we said all along about this Giants team, with Mr. Daybull, they're, they're, they're for real. I saw it, you know, with my team playing them two weeks in a row. I don't think they can beat a Dallas or a San Francisco or perhaps Philly. But in year one, where he basically was mopping up the mess that Mr. Judge left, you got to like that. If you're Minnesota 
as I told you, they were a paper tiger, you know, the most non-legit 13-win team you'll ever see. So I'm not shocked. And, of course, you know, you have people like, you know, Booger and others trying to jump to Kurt Cousins' defense. Now, I'm not putting this on Kurt Cousins in that last play where, as, as a Redskin fan, I know when it's third and nine, he will throw that three and five. He'll throw that passing his five yards or fourth, whatever the case may be. This is who he is. Yeah, he's capable of doing a lot of things, but he's never shown that he can be on that elite level where he puts fear into your into your boots. Sorry, that's just a harsh truth. Not that I have any bitterness of how his time in Washington came to an end. It has nothing to do with that. The numbers bear that out. Yes, he has a playoff win, but lots of people do. And at home, not being able to put that away, that's on the Vikings. Not, you know, losing to the Giants is not a horrible thing because the Giants are serious business. Okay. 49ers put on a clinic in the Seattle. I mean, they put a cl clinic at Levi against the Seahawks. It was tight, you know, for the first half, but in the second half, Purdy and Shanahan making this look a bit too easy. Okay, I mean, I, you've heard it from everybody else. Purdy 6-0, and took care of business, really looking forward to this matchup with Dallas. Geno Spucher as a starter in Seattle. Well, I know ownership is kind of in flux, but he did well. You know, he set the record. But do you really think you can compete with the 49ers and some of the up-and-coming teams in the NFC with him as a starter? I don't think so. It was a good run getting to the playoffs. Many feel the Lions would have been better, but the Lions didn't win enough games to get there. Simple as that. Seattle deserved to be there. And they got boat race in the second half from a team in the 49ers that looks like they are serious business. What else? So we talked about earlier about Lamar. He set out, and now the Ravens are chilling with him. It really comes down to Cincinnati not taking them serious enough. I mean, good grief. If Huntley protects the ball, and this is all about ball security, whose idea it was to like lead a, to do that little dive play, trying to reach out for the ball to the goal line when you're like a yard and a half out, should be out of a job. Guess what? They are, as the Ravens let go of Greg Roman. Of course, this is all about trying to, trying to keep Mr. Jackson happy. You know, they say there's a 200% chance of resigning him. I don't know what to believe. But now I know that with Roman out, eh, there might be a chance of him returning to Baltimore, especially since they are promising him input in who will be the next offensive coordinator for the Ravens. Be following that in the weeks to come. And like I said, I'm not sure if Joey Cool and his Bengals are ready for the white tiger treatment, you know, kicking it at the barrage quite yet based on what I saw. But we can just chalk that up to not taking the Ravens serious enough. Okay, what else do we have? Well, you've got Mr. Rogers. Can't have an NFL report without talking about him. He thinks he could win another MVP in the right situation, as he said on somebody's podcast. Well, I love Gronk getting on somebody's podcast as well and clapping back, 
saying he's not having that kind of talk. <laughs> he's like saying, shouldn't you be more about winning the rings than winning another MVP? Way to go, Grok, to expose what a clown show that guy has become. Brett Favre 2.0. Man, you know, you would just think that after all this nonsense, maybe he should just walk in the sunset and enjoy holding hands. I guess now he's dating the daughter of the Bucks owner. Find a sandy beach, enjoy your money, and just, you know, live like kings and queens, right? Okay. Todd Bowley, Jeff Bezos. The commander's adventure is getting more murkier by the minute. It's a whole new realm of insanity. One minute, you know, the owner of Chelsea Dodgers, Mr. T Mr. Bowley, is in the clubhouse. Next minute, he's out. Bezos, who everybody wants, but owns the Washington Post, who's not been kind to Mr. Snyder. You got to figure, just out of spite, Snyder's not going to sell him to him. There's another guy who, I guess he owns the Devils and somebody else who's the forerunner. My guess is this is going to drag out a lot longer than people think. Yeah, the sale's imminent. No, it's not going to be in a minute. Because one, Snyder wants, I think, $7 billion or more. And B, he's a hardcore lifelong fan. I don't think he's going to give it up as easy as the fans want to. They want to throw that big parade you know, along, right, along Pennsylvania Avenue all the way to, you know, the soon-to-be-demolished RFK. But hold your horses, folks. I would say, you know, be like me, keep calm, and just wait and see what happens when the dust settles. Believe it when the actual ink is dry on the cell. I think it's interesting that Lions highly sought after offensive coordinator Ben Johnson staying put. Thinks there's something special going there. Hopefully, this is not a situation where he regrets staying somewhere a year or two long. Only time will tell. Then you have Mr. Lance and Mr. Fields. One has to wonder how their off-seasons are going. Mr. Fields, obviously, with the Bears in play to go after my man from Alabama. Mr. Lance with a whole line of people in front of him now where you have one, he, he's probably sitting back in his loft in San Francisco. What the F? What about me? Because nobody gives a crap about you. And should Mr. Purdy get past Dallas, then no one's ever going to be thinking about your butt. Especially what they gave up for you, not sure you're going to get a lot in return. Especially given some of the flaws that are in this game. But both of these guys have a really interesting offseason to come here. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to predictions for divisional playoff round weekend. Let's start first with San Francisco and Dallas. After long and long and long and long and long thinking, I, I can never, you know, these are two teams I can't stand, for one. But... I'm going to go on a hunch here. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm going to go Dallas 30-17. That Brock Purdy gets a little taste of reality against a really good defense. That I think Micah, 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 seven from heaven and company are going to be too much. And they're going to confuse this kid. 
I won't be surprised if I'm wrong, given that San Francisco is loaded to bear, and it's hard for this guy to make mistakes with that kind of weaponry. But I still like Dallas to come away with a W here. Philly and New York. Wow, this is a tough one, too. If Hurts was more sound, I would say this is a slam dunk. But since he's not, and this is the weird divisional game, I'm just going to say Philly's at home, and somehow in a hard-fought game, Danny Dimes plays his ass off, but I still think Philly ends up winning this game 31-27. Okay, let's go to the American Football Conference. Cincinnati and Buffalo. Two teams that started all this nonsense, a neutral site, all this crazy stuff. The Bills still in the weird haze of dealing with Hamlin. Charger, I mean Chargers, Cincinnati, kind of like, you know, right? They got the nail file, like, you know, when do we play? I'm just not sure what to think here. Because I just think Buffalo showed more of a weakness than Cincinnati. Because I think the Ravens, they're always going to be tough anyways. You know, divisional game and whatnot. I'm going to go Cincinnati 30-24. I think Joey Cool is going to outduel Josh Allen. Kansas City-Jacksonville. I know Skip Bayless likes Jacksonville, a few other people. Ain't going to happen. Chiefs Kingdom's going to be lit. Chiefs 37, Jacksonville 17. There you go. We'll be back next week to see whether we were right or wrong. All right, let's get to TMCA time and get you out of here. Time to award those stainless steel bowls of the smelliest varieties for people during the week who deserve them. Let's start out with an XL because he's Come in sizes, as you know, if you follow the podcast. Complimentary, regular, and XL. Um, yeah, let's start off with the NFL. Speaking of the 49ers and Cowboys, come on, NFL, do something about these ticket prices. The average ticket price for that game at Levi, $1,420, $606 per standing room. You can't take your lady and your kids and all that kind of stuff with that kind of numbers. What the F is up with that nonsense? Shame, shame, shame. Come on, be better. Make this an accessible thing. Just because you can't make the money. Come on. I mean, we can watch it on TV. That's great. But if you want to make this truly an elite playground, elite playground, elite really, but you know what I'm talking about. Come on. And we're going to give some complimentaries out to some of those Niners fans that were showing all sorts of class at Levi last weekend. The one woman that was stopping a Seahawks fan or stopping their, maybe it was a 49er fan, but it went viral, spitting and throwing beer. Come on, folks, as I've said all along, you aren't playing the game. There's no reason to sit there and get violent. It's just silly. Okay. An XL for that coward who kicked a goalie in the Arsenal-Tottenham match and then ran away like a little bitch. That guy gets an XL. Come on, folks. 
What are you doing? What was the point of trying to get a cheap kick on the goalie? Completely disgusting. Yeah. Then you've got folks, I'm going to give complimentaries for folks who were cranky about Al Michaels and Dungy's performance in the Jacksonville Chargers wild card. Come on, it was a 27-0 game. And even with the Jacksonville Jaguars coming back as they did, it still was not that. I mean, yes, coming back from a 27-point deficit is in a playoff game, nonetheless. But there was something about this game that was hard to get fired up. I fell asleep on it, so I'm with Al and Tony. Okay. Going to give an XL to the fool who blew $1.4 million making a halftime bet on the Chargers. Man, go out and help some people out. You were only going to make 11 k You could just do that for the sake of it? Really? A money line bet that's only going to give you a, a, a return of $11,000 on a $1.4 million bank? You're just putting it in people's space. You know, people who are really struggling on the margin right now. Nah. And this guy who, we're, who we were building a wing for, A.B., yeah, Mr. Mr. A.B., getting his Snapchat profile shut down after posing, posting naughty pics of one of his baby mamas. This guy, man, I keep saying, at some point, somebody's going to say enough of this nonsense, and they're going to smoke this guy. Yeah. Let's give XLs out to those Taco Bell employees in Aurora, Colorado that served up burritos laced with rat poison as retaliation. Really, people? If you can't take somebody getting a little mouthy, maybe you should choose a different profession than making burritos. But trying to take somebody out with rat poison? Come on. Okay, I'm going to give an XL for L. Duncan. Now, I know people like to, like, knock her off the left field wall at uh, Dodger Stadium for her woke attitude, but she's doubling down on it. If you, like, saw her on Around the Horn this week, she's, like, more inseparable than anybody with that little act she plays, trying to, you know, she's the smartest person in the room with attitude. All right, folks. Big weekend coming up. Lots of beautiful game life. Obviously, the NFL playoffs. Lakers, Grizz tonight. Hard, you know, college basketball. Going to be a fun weekend. So we have a lot to talk about here in about six or seven days. Can't emphasize enough. Continue to be safe, as we talked about in the COVID Chronicles. That virus is still out there getting people sick. May not be killing folks. But as somebody who's gone through this, you don't want to if you don't need to experience it. Meanwhile, enjoy your adult beverages, enjoy your friends, and definitely enjoy all the wonderful sports on tap. Definitely a buffet to enjoy. In the meanwhile, be safe, be real, and we'll see you soon.